0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Happy New Year Time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child Dr. Ross Green here Hope your holidays were pleasant, that you are ready and raring to go here for some more information and talking about kids and behaviorally challenging ones in particular. Uh, we will not have Kim Hopkins Betts on the program with us today, but we are joined by our parent co-host, Jennifer and Stella. How are you both today?
2: Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good to be uh, here.
1: Hope your holidays were pleasant. Uh, holidays can be a tough time of year for behaviorally challenging kids, but I guess they can be tough on all of us. Um, how were your holidays? Go ahead,
2: Jennifer. I don't, we we don't. We are so worried about talking over each other. We're not speaking. <laughs> uh, ours were good. We a couple of years ago we made the decision to cut out. Everything except what felt most important to each of us. And as a result, our holiday season is pretty
3: stress-free. So, nice. Yeah, it was
2: good. <laughs> yeah.
3: We did the same thing, especially in regards to food. I had noticed a few years ago that it was around the dining table with holiday meal expectations that a lot of the explosions were <laughs> were happening and uh once i came up with the idea that everybody gets to choose something to get on the buffet so now we have everything from pepperoni pizza to crab legs i'm coming to eat at your house (laughs) (laughs) so going for the pizza or the crab legs (laughs) maybe a little of both (laughs) that's exactly the point and now everybody just gets to enjoy a little bit of everything that everybody else enjoys and um, it's made it's made the holiday time a lot less stressful.
1: So let me give people our call-in uh, information. Um, it's uh, 347-994-2981 and I think you have to press 1 to get through. We don't have any callers yet, but as always, callers take top priority on the program. We do have lots of email to respond to, as always, but let me ask if, uh, Stella, either you or Jennifer, have something you'd like to start with here today before we jump into emails and maybe even calls if people call in.
3: Well, you know, I would like to give an update on one issue that I called in a couple of years ago. Um, Those of you that have listened um, in the the listening library might have caught an episode where I called in, Dr. Green, I don't remember if it was, I think it was like two years ago, my son, because he had skipped the grade, um, they, the school district had skipped him from kindergarten, he was always a year younger, um, sometimes even almost two years younger than the students in his class. And about two years ago, he decided to that he wasn't born in 2003. He was born in 2002, and he was a year older than he really was. And this kept going. Um, For the longest time and it was a big concern for me so I called in and and Dr. Green you're the one that were like well you know age is just a number let it go and so we (laughs) let that go. I'm happy to say that now that he's um, doing virtual school he's made peace with that and he is very excited about celebrating his upcoming 15th birthday even though last February he kind of decided it was his 15th birthday it was a year (laughs) early but um he has he has come to terms with the fact that he certainly was born in two thousand and three uh, and he's about to turn fifteen so that's a that's a nice kind of closure on something that was an issue for my husband and I for a little bit.
1: <laughs> How did he get there any uh, any uh, nudging from you or just took time
3: i think I think getting him away from a school building where there were expectations of When you're a certain age, you're at a certain grade. And now his virtual school, we've done away with any grade-based courses. So instead of being in ninth grade algebra and 11th grade this and that, it's just just science. And uh, getting rid of those labels, I think, helped nudge him towards just accepting um, his age. So and slowly his maturity is really kind of coming Forward and he's he's getting clearer and clearer with who he is and where he is in the world, so
1: all good <laughs> you know, I will say us parents we um this isn't necessarily specific to your situation, but um we are in a hurry often for maturity to happen, and we sometimes push the envelope on it thereby sometimes creating problems where maturity would have taken care of it and it wouldn't have been a problem in the first place if we had waited for maturity to kick in. Um, So I see a fair amount of that, of people who are sort of pushing the developmental envelope based on their kid's age or their kid's grade. Um, You know what? Um, There's a lot of developmental variability among 12-year-olds and there's a lot of developmental variability still among 10th graders um, we just often forget that.
3: Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because I've, I've been, I've been pondering that. Um, he's he's qualified now because he is 14 to have us do driver's ed, to start the process of working towards um, a learner's permit. Um, so we've been talking about maturity <laughs> um, in big broad strokes. Now that he and my husband go out practice driving, you know, and I I. Am surprised in our state here in Kansas that at 14, they're putting kids behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> Very that seems so I early. Thought, <laughs> I
1: thought Aimee was young at 15, but uh, you guys have us beat.
3: Yes. Oh my gosh, it's terrifying! Terrifying that his he's got 14 year old friends that started driving last year, um, and it's it's really really scary to see these kids
2: <laughs> out there. <laughs> I think sometimes we go in the other direction, you know, when as as the parent of a kid with, with challenges, um, I often expect him to be younger, and sometimes he'll do something that surprises me, and I say, oh, right, you're actually 14 now. <laughs> That's a normal <laughs> 14-year-old thing to do. <laughs> right.
1: Well we have a caller.
3: Oh, oh yay.
1: Yeah. And uh as always, callers take priority on this program. So we are going to take this caller who's calling from a long ways away. But here we go, area code five two zero. You're on the air. How you doing today?
4: I'm well. How's everyone there?
1: I have a feeling, Good. given the state you are calling from, that you are warmer than most of the rest of us.
4: Uh yes, I we are. But we're big babies here, so if it's fifty five degrees, we're freezing, so <laughs> um,
1: there you go. But yes, oh. uh
4: eighty eighty degrees on New Year's Day, so it's quite lovely. Um oh. here where
1: it's five degrees, that sounds quite enticing, but of course you don't call to talk about the weather do <laughs> you
4: no. Um, so I just want to say, um, first of all, thank you. Um, it's been about three weeks that um, I've read your book via Audible. Um, find myself listening to your podcast on my way to work, um, re-listening to chapters 7 and 8 uh, so that I can get really good at Plan B and understand Plan B. Um, I have a 13-year-old daughter who um, – has been quite explosive um, through her childhood. And um, we've been u- we had been using, you know, rewards and punishment system. And um, I'm finding how um, that's backfired quite a bit for us. Um, you know, our relationship has gotten to the point where it's like, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you type of thing. Um, She was doing some self-injurious behavior, was in and out of the psychiatric hospitals, Um, and um, so it's been three weeks in. We've had one Plan B conversation and a lot of Plan C. Um, And so my... Struggle right now in the beginning of this process, and I totally believe in the process. You know, I just I listened to the podcast of um, I think it's Susie's son, who's 26 now, and mm-hmm. um, ha- what what he thought about the process and having his parents on his team. And um, you know, I am just really thankful for all of the resources. Um, I use the the B team page a lot. Um, mm-hmm so much to search and so much information. So my problem right now is where I find I'm plan seeing a lot and I'm mentally trying to prepare, you know, seeing her through a different lens, but feeling like she's kind of just getting away with so much, if those would be the appropriate terms. Um, you know, we're giving her more screen time, um, our plan B conversation. She wants a phone. Um, but I have my concerns are... Um, will she be able to regulate the screen time? So we came up with a resolution or a solution um, that I would give her access to my phone and she could treat it like her it's her own on my days off. Um, but unfortunately, what I feel is happening is um, she's, just kind of taking advantage of all of the screen time. Uh, she's on the Xbox last night. She was on the Xbox until 3 in the morning. Um, tried to mention that I'd like to have a curfew, at least for midnight. Um, you know, her response is, I don't want a curfew, so we're plan c um, So just, I guess my question is, how do you get over the hurdle of being in the beginning of this process and having to plan C so much And still being able to view your child through the lens of that they're having a difficult time, but then because I'm plan c so much, it seems like they're getting away with so much.
1: Um, Stella and Jennifer, do you mind if I go first here? Please. Go ahead. (laughs) Plan C is your conscious, deliberate uh, effort to stabilize things and to remove um, expectations that would normally cause conflict. So it's not giving in. It's making a conscious, deliberate decision to stabilize things. If you have an expectation that you want to get met, for example... Um, difficulty getting off the video games or or whatever it was, I couldn't remember, uh, by midnight. Um, That's plan B. So the difficult part for us is we don't know your daughter or her situation very well. And so the answer to this would vary slightly depending on where your daughter is at in the stability department. Now, let's say all of this um, plan C that you've been doing has stabilized her. Let's say that's true.
4: Well, Time to start. Not to, sorry, not to interrupt you, but it she has, she has stopped self-harming. She hasn't self-harmed in three weeks.
1: One could call that a step in the stability direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah? I mean, it mm-hmm. depends on other things that she might have been doing that would also fall into the instability bucket. Let's say it's true that plan C, And once again, not knowing your situation at all, we can only really answer generically. But let's say that this conscious, deliberate effort that you have made to stabilize things by removing expectations has worked at least in the areas of stability that were most important to you. And certainly having your daughter not self-harm would be up there on the list. Yes? Yes. Um, It's time to start adding in some Plan B. And now we move on to sort of another realm, and that is what we also don't know about what kind of help you're receiving, whether you have people to help you do Plan B, whether you have people to navigate this with you, Um, whether meds are contributing to uh, her newfound stability, at least as it relates to self-harm. Those are all things that we don't know and probably are not well positioned to help figure out in this format. Um, But um, what we don't want you thinking is that you are giving in. You're stabilizing. You're doing what you need to do to stabilize, because you know that if you don't do what you need to do to stabilize, you've got an unstable kid, and that's worse. But I don't think you should view it through the lenses of giving in. You're doing what you've got to do to make sure that your daughter is well-positioned to do better moving forward. What do you think of that twist on what you're doing
4: you know i just sometimes when i go on on the groups and i like the reason i reach out is i need i need to hear that you know um stabilizing versus giving in um makes total total sense. And, you know, when, when I'm, when I'm talking to my husband and we're, you know, and he's like, well, what do you, what's the book say to say when she's doing this, you know, and uh, I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm having a lot of conversations about, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C. And um, so, you know, yeah, that does make sense and it does feel that she's stabilized. And um, uh, so, yeah, I just needed to hear that, I guess.
3: (laughs) I'll tell you, one of my favorite things to do when I feel like um, like my lenses are getting foggy is to uh, look up one of Dr. Green's short videos, either in the Kids in the House uh, blog listing or through the Life in the Balance website and just hear those clear words. You know, there's that video that you have, Dr. Green, of um, dealing with the hand dealing the hand you've been dealt, you know, um, and just and just the clarity of mind of, you know, Jennifer, you say this all the time, He's, she's not giving you a hard time, she's having a hard time, um, right. and as soon as you can clear that fog and get out of the expectation that society kind of superimposes on us of you, you've you got to parent this child, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. We are. We have these exceptional kids that um, aren't responding like other people's kids seem to. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that I actually, Dr. Green, as you were saying, um, Plan C is your conscious, deliberate effort to stabilize things. Um, I was writing that down. I thought, oh, here we go, another great nugget. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to laminate this and have it in my wallet. (laughs) I I think that that
2: Plan C, too, a lot of times, you know, my husband struggled with this for a long time. He said, well, you know, when do we get out of Plan C? (laughs) When do we get to go back to doing some things? Uh, mm-hmm. And the problem for us when we finally shifted into an all-CPS household, our son was also very destabilized. Uh, he was disre- so dysregulated he was in fight, flight, or freeze all the time. And uh, part of the process of Plan C really just built trust back up and Mm -hmm. a big part of successful plan b is i call it the kid buy-in they they have to be able to buy in to the fact that you really mean what you're saying that you're actually listening to them that you're really not going to it's really not going to be punishment on the other end and for a lot of kids because this is such a radical shift from where they were, that Plan C period where we just kind of dropped all expectations beyond the very most basic ones, um, it was really trust building between all of us. And it helped a lot on the other side of that. Um, So Plan C went on longer, I think, than we expected that it would. But the end result was that we started Plan B from a very positive place. I would also say that screen time is not a great place to start (laughs) because it's just so big and so hard and if you're on the B team and you search screen time you'll see that it's I say it's one of the most divisive and and flame-fanning topics that comes up but it's it's a really hard place to start and if you have a smaller success first then you might get more buy-in when you start to plan B screen time too
4: yeah and and I'm seeing all of that I'm seeing all of the conversations on the B team um, with the screen time and I mean she went from we were so restrictive with screen time to now Mm -hmm. she has so much screen time but she, we, we come to find out that you know a lot of it is because um, she doesn't have a lot of friends, like physical friends. Mm-hmm. All of her friends are in on screen time. And at 13, yep. now knowing everything that she's been through and understanding how important friends are for her. Um, you know, so we've got all of this plan C. So this morning when I first, before I called, you know, it was, well, she stayed up until four in the morning. I guess I'm going to take her younger sister to the movies and she can stay in bed. But now after realizing that we're stabilizing and she doesn't, we, we don't, I'm, you know, trying to get out of that punishment for, for things. Um, you know, I'm going to go back into, you know, go in her room and say, we're going to go see a movie. Do you want to come? And, um, just stabilize things. So, you know, I just, I'm so grateful for you guys and your podcast, and the books and the resources. And, um, you know, uh, I don't understand why more people aren't calling in. You know, there's like 13,000 people on the B page. And, um, So I'm grateful <laughs> to, I'm
1: they're grateful getting all to of their on. questions answered on the B team. <laughs> That's
3: right. <laughs> yes, they're, they're very good at that, yes. So thank oh, no, you. I'll when, I, when... When I found out about this call-in show, I was calling in all the time. I I I think this is such a great, great resource. And, you know, I'll say one last thing about screen time, for whatever it's worth. My son has um, been sleeping in well past 1230, and um, when he wakes up, we've been saying, well, what time did you finally turn off your phone? Um, and he's like, oh, well, we're kind of around 2 you know, and my husband just rolls his eyes, and I, I I go up to him and said, listen, I remember being this age, and this is where I learned that, like, I can't do all-nighters, you know. I feel terrible for three days. Um, talk about learning self-regulation, you know. And um, the more that I took my hands off of the screen time wheel, the more that my son started figuring out, gosh, I need a break right now, I've been looking at this thing for a really long time um and i I was the one that started pointing out to him you know you're you're taking really great breaks today. you haven't been looking at the screen and and um you know instead of me superimposing that, I started helping him to notice how often he was taking his own breaks and just commending him on it so i I wish you. Really, really well with this and um, and you know, look forward to interacting with you on the B team again. Yep.
4: Well, thank you. I'm, and I'm and sure let I'll be us know how again. it develops. <laughs> yeah, I will. All right. Thanks for taking my question,
3: guys. Now, Mom, let question, me just throw guys.
4: in
1: let me just throw in a few more cents here. Um, <laughs>
4: okay.
1: I want to make sure that you are getting the kind of support you need out where you are. Um, if you have a daughter who was self-harming as of three weeks ago, I want to make sure that you know that um, between the B team and this program, you're going to get some good advice, but it's not going to be sufficient. So um, you know, this is up to you, of course, but let's make sure that you're getting the support you need and that your daughter is getting the help that she needs out where you are. Um, and then the last point I wanted to make is um, – If you're only doing Plan C, um, you you know, this is all a judgment call, as Jennifer was saying. They did Plan C for longer than they anticipated, only. Uh, And it's all a matter of how long it takes stability to kick in. And it's a matter of at what point are we ready to start springing into Plan B. Now, your daughter said, um, you know, when you said to her – great if you weren't on the computer till three o'clock in the morning Uh, and she said I don't want to get off the computer before three o'clock in the morning or whatever she said that's um, you're not going to do plan A on that um, which is well if you don't get off the computer by midnight then there's no computer that would be plan A and that would probably contribute to instability plan A often Mm -hmm. does contribute to instability Um, but that's not also a reason to abandon plan B She's going to um, maybe balk at it a little bit, and that's why I want to make sure that you have somebody out there helping you out um, besides this program and besides the B team because it's really a judgment call as to when it's time to start bleeding some Plan B into the mix so that your expectations do start to uh, have some more import than they do right now. Um, and. Um, it could be that you're going to need somebody helping you with the plan B part. So make sure you're mindful of all of that. This is all a balance. And, you know, if you were working with me here in Portland, Maine, I'd be giving you my best judgment about when it was time to start adding in some plan B so that your expectations started to have more import. But we can't do that from a distance um, and without knowing your daughter. So I just want to make sure that those things are all clear before we hang up with you. Sound good?
4: It does, and i I just want to say to add to that, you know, I did go on the lives of the uh, lives in the balance page, and I didn't see anybody for like i didn't I don't even see my state listed as for anybody who who does
3: c p s
1: um, you're right. there's nobody in Arizona at the moment, but I actually do know a few clinicians in Arizona who might be able to help you out. It's what I'd like you to do. Is go to the contact form, and they aren't certified providers in CPS, but they're familiar with the model. Go to the contact form on the Lives in the Balance website, and my associate Liz fields all of those. But if you say Ross wanted me to ask you if uh, Ross wanted me to email to ask if he knew anybody in Arizona who I might be nearby, just let me know what city you're in, and we'll see if we can help you out that way too.
4: All right, that sounds fantastic. Sound good. Yes, thank you we so much, We wish you the guys. best of
1: luck.
4: You bet. Okay, bye.
1: Take care. <laughs> well, um, uh, very valuable information that you all are throwing in there um, based on your past experiences, of course. We have another caller, and I'm going to give the okay. phone number again. Just We'll see if we get more. Uh, we only have uh, 18 minutes left in the program, but uh, the caller n- number is 347 347- Nine nine four two nine eight one, sure does help to have been through it doesn't it
0: <laughs>
1: yes not to not that you're necessarily grateful for the experience or wished for it but maybe you are grateful for the experience but here we go area code 614 you are <laughs> on the air how are you doing today
5: hi
1: is this area
5: me? code 614 it's you yep hi Hello. how are you I'm doing well thank you Um, what's
1: on your mind today
5: so we've been using CPS for about two years at home uh, starting when my son was in uh, kindergarten and we've seen a huge improvement at home and so I know and I completely believe that plan B can help kids grow like using their lagging skills Um, using uh, perspective taking and empathy. Um, One of the things that I wonder though is what happens when the skills aren't skills that they learn using Plan B? Um, And I can give an example of what I'm thinking of. Um, A lot of his explosions are related to academic tasks and the school's on board with creating an Elsa, and I'm so excited about that. Uh, one of the unsolved problems that I want to see addressed, though, um, this is a really, you know, we're we're getting down to um, small details here. Um, difficulty writing his last name without the use of a model. Um, we've mm-hmm. planned C to this for like two years. And writing the new category on his IEP, and I thought this is the time to put this in. Um, and it seems like a, a unsolved problem that's not related to like CPS skills, but it leads to some really big refusal behaviors. Uh, When we, when I ask about it, I get a lot of, I just can't do it, okay? Um, And we shut down. Um, But I know that there are some underlying factors. Um, He has dyslexia and some of the letters in our last name are easily flipped. And um, he's worried about making mistakes and getting it wrong and flipping the letters. Uh So the writing skills can't be gained using CPS. Um, So how, how can we make the two strategies play together?
1: Jennifer, Stella, I'm happy to go first again, (laughs) but happy for you to as well.
3: I'm happy for you to go first, Dr. Green.
1: (laughs) Yep,
2: go ahead. (laughs) Um,
1: Plan B can be applied to any expectation that a kid is having difficulty needing. Uh, it's, It's icing on the cake that Plan B also teaches some very important skills. But Your focal point is the expectation that your child is having difficulty meeting. Yes, in the empathy step, among the skills your child is going to learn is how to figure out and articulate his concerns. Uh, Among the skills your child is going to learn in the define adult concern step is how to listen to other people's concerns and um, take them into account and take another person's perspective and maybe appreciate how one's behavior is affecting others. And in the invitation among the skills your child is going to learn is how to resolve disagreements without conflict and um, generating alternative solutions and thinking of solutions that don't just work for you but work for others. So those are many of the skills that are being trained with Plan B, no matter what you're doing Plan B on, no matter what the expectation is, those three steps of plan B are teaching those skills. But generally speaking, what plan B is focused on, well, not generally speaking, every time what plan B is focused on to get the ball rolling is an expectation that a child is having difficulty meeting, difficulty making his bed before school, difficulty brushing teeth before going to bed at night, difficulty, you name it. Difficulty writing his last name, handwriting his last name, Without a model. So it's the process of Plan B that teaches the skills, but Plan B is focused on an unmet expectation, and difficulty writing your last name without a model is as good an unmet expectation as difficulty making your bed before you go to school in the morning or difficulty brushing your teeth before you go to bed at night. And so you're still in the Plan B business. The skills are being taught just by doing Plan B, but you've got a problem to solve. And it actually sounds like you've got some information from your child already. It sounds like one of the things you've learned already is that he, I think you said he, yes?
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep.
1: He is, having, is a little worried that he's going to flip a letter because your last name has flippable letters. And mm-hmm. that's a very good concern to know about. Right? and if he articulated that concern, then A, we've made a giant step forward in the problem-solving department because now we have information we didn't have about this unsolved problem, but B, we've also uh, made some dents in the skill acquisition department because he had to figure that out and he had to articulate it in a way that other people could understand. So both things are happening no matter when mm-hmm. you're doing plan B. I think you need more info about what's hard for that about that for him. And I think you also said that writing is now in his IEP, and so I'm wondering if testing has been done, if he's getting help on anything in writing at school. Maybe this is a conversation, maybe there's information to be had from other sources to check out with your son, testing the people who are working with him. But this is as good an unsolved problem to work on as any other, because it's the unmet expectation That you're working on the skills are being taught just by doing plain old plan b does that
5: make sense it does make sense um i and i i credit our previous conversations um, between me and my son with his ability to identify what was so hard um so i i and i want to thank you for that one of the challenges we're having with the school is kind of aligning our philosophies between the two. Um, in the past, mm. he's been punished um, for refusing and saying, I can't, and they've mm. taken that to mean I won't. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this inlet that I have right now where uh, – Two people wow. on his IEP team are looking forward to completing an ALSAP.
0: Hmm.
5: Um, Sounds like you're making headway can... on multiple
1: counts. <laughs> <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. I've been working hard. Can, can I ask you a question? Sure. Why, why is it so important that he be able to write it without a model?
5: We haven't been able to move past – let me start that again. So one of the solutions that we came up with was that if he had a model, he would write it. Um, Mm -hmm. Or sometimes if I am the person who writes the flippable letters and Mm -hmm. he takes care of the other ones, Mm -hmm. um, we'll do that. And to write your first and last name is a, a grade level expectation um, that you might see for a, a kindergartner, and he's in second grade now. Um, so maybe mm-hmm. this goes back to the, the first conversation of the show when we were talking about yeah. uh, expectations yeah. um, of, of age levels. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Because Because if if he's if he's anxious if he's anxious about it, then maybe the expectation for him is not the right expectation for the moment. If it's causing him so much anxiety that he can't even start, then maybe maybe (laughs) the expectation can be revisited. or or not not just you know if he has a model he could copy it from you know make the expectation be that he could write his name following the model look at your expectation maybe and see if he can work with that better in one of the things that that Dr. Green you said at the summit in 2016, one of the oh things that goodness. you talked about, yeah, it, I'm, <laughs> it stuck in my head. Uh, we were talking about Plan C in the parent session in the afternoon, and you said that one of the other things about Plan C is that it can be a conscious decision to step back and see if the kid can resolve it on their own. And so, you know, with something like this, if you plan seed the without a model part and just if he had it on his desk so that he could just look at it any time and then when he had to write it, he had something to copy it from and you plan seed that without a model part, he might be able to just resolve it on his own For if you step back from it.
1: That's another... Example of using Plan C. Whether and truth is, I you know this whole discussion of expectations also relates to prioritizing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, sometimes when a kid has an IEP, we end up working on twenty-seven different things at once, and it's too much. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if yeah. that's your situation, but um, you know, I think to Jennifer's point. Um, you know, I can see how we would care that he write his last name without a model someday. But that has to be juxtaposed against um, everything else we're working on with him right now. And whether writing his last name without a model has risen to the top three at the moment. If not, Mm -hmm. it's still plan C. And we're not even bugging him about it because we got bigger fish to fry. Mm -hmm. But this whole idea about expectations is always fascinating because sometimes I think we treat kids like um, you know what if we expect it then we expect the kid to be able to do it and we, we, we lose track of just how much we're expecting um, we really only pay attention when the kid balks or when in other situations the kid just has so many expectations that the kid is having difficulty meeting that we are almost forced to prioritize because there's so many expectations that we could be working on with the kid. I think that um, us adults need to pay closer heed to all of these expectations that we place on kids, especially the unmet ones. But I also know a lot of very stressed out kids who are meeting all of the expectations, but it's still too much, even though they're still meeting them. Um, So I I think this whole idea about expectations is a fascinating issue. Um, But in the case of your son, I guess I'd want to know mostly, how many expectations is he not meeting? Do we have our list? And is writing your last name without a model in the top three? In which case, you know what? We're working on it. And as I said earlier, Plan B would be great for working on it. Um, Just just as good an unmet expectation as any other. Um, But Jennifer's... uh, question um, sort of made me chuckle a little bit, even though I was on mute, um, why do we care? I, c- I can see why we care, I guess, my, I guess. but my paraphrase, because you know, I've got to tell you, I don't, I don't get to handwrite my last name too often anymore, um, so I think it's a, a pertinent question. I guess my other pertinent question is, um, do we care more about that than we do some of the other fish that we could be frying right now? There are definitely
3: bigger fish to
2: fry.
3: Oh, well, good. Listen, (laughs) you made a comment also that he shuts down sometimes when you are starting a Plan B conversation. Um, You know, there have been um, several times that Jennifer uh, and I have added to the B Team page about the five-finger method for when the child is just not giving you the information during the drilling step. Um, have you ever tried the the five finger method for oh yeah
5: drilling? We've um okay. we've we have um we have we have got a, a whole arsenal of of drilling strategies.
3: Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Well keep at it because it sounds like he really is learning how to communicate his needs and um yeah. Good for you in in uh, getting those conversations going because at seven years old that seven year old is going to get to those double digits very soon and you know mm-hmm. to have the ability to communicate with his parents clearly what his needs are and um, that's what a skill that you're, you're helping him to develop
5: yeah. yeah and Stella and Jennifer both thank you for encouraging me to call in <laughs> yay well
2: we're glad you're you're back. you did. <laughs> Jennifer
0: and
1: uh, Stella are encouraging people to call in, are they? I think that's a very good development.
2: (laughs) Well, we've we've mentioned it on the B team that you know we've reminded people when the show is happening and that callers take precedence and that it's a good way to be sure to get your question answered. So
1: for sure, and we're really glad you did, and we wish you luck on getting this and other problems that are going to come up in your son's life solved through Plan B. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Well, we um, did not get to any of our email, and here's the deal. <laughs> um, there's only less than two minutes left in the program, and so I, uh, the, the, the better part of valor here is to not try to do one um, and rush okay. through it. So I think we're just going to mm-hmm. save them for the next time. Um, okay. Any final thoughts from either of you, as long as we have a little bit of time left?
2: Uh, I think that, you know, this time of year, a lot of people are kind of strung out from the holiday and they're looking at resolutions and goals for this year. Uh, I was mentioning yesterday that I was making my goals for this year and realized that I'd left myself out of my list of people to be concerned about. Mm -hmm. So don't forget, everybody out there, that if you you have to take care of yourself to be able to take care of the other people in your life. I My love parting it. words for the
3: day. <laughs> Stella, what you got? You are said Jennifer, you're so good at that reminder of self care. I love <laughs> I love love your posts about that. Um what I have, um listen louder than you speak. <laughs>
2: nice.
3: Listen more. Just hear hear your child, hear the people around you um, that's my if there if I am to make a resolution, it's to put my lips together and open up my ears more and more.
1: Stella, that is very different than speak softly but carry a big stick. I don't think we endorse that on this program, do we? <laughs> nope,
0: no, <thanks.
3: laughs>
1: Thank you both as always. We'll do this again next Happy Monday. New year.